Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, baby! Gives to Sproles, angling left, has got room, it. 15, 10, 5, 15. jackpot! He got it, he got it, he got it! The play should have been ruled a fumble. Ha ha Touchdown Antonio Gates! 112 career touchdown catches, that's the most by an NFL tight end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out, I'd just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett Sisto. Let's go! We are back. Score more podcast. How's it going, score morons? I am Garrett Sisti. This is another episode of the Score More podcast. Make sure you follow the Twitter account at Score More Pod. I put up some clips this week of some of the things I saw during the game against the Browns, and I'll probably be doing more of that too. So go follow at Score More Pod. Appreciate everybody that's over there, and of course, thanks for listening. You guys are true score morons. I said it on Twitter, and again, we're just going to go into the breakdown. We're not going to do any goofy shit up front. We're just going to talk about this Titans team and this matchup going on in London, which is 6.30 here on the West Coast. I'm not a fan of it at all, but here we are. So... Like we do every week, let's go ahead and start with the injury report. Let's start with the Chargers, and the list of guys that did not practice has shortened this week, and it's down to two. Joey Bosa didn't even make the trip to London, so he is not playing. Again, he's expected to be ready after the bye. Kaiser White did not practice on Wednesday. Travis Benjamin, Jatavis Brown 
Two guys who did not play last week, did not practice all last week, were both limited. Travis Benjamin still dealing with a foot injury. Jatavis Brown with a groin injury. Tight end Virgil Green, limited with a rib injury. Mike Pouncey was limited with a knee injury. Damian Square, also limited. And kicker, Caleb Sturgis, limited with that quad injury. So maybe we'll get to see an extended version of Michael Badgley this week, which I think we're all excited to see, hoping that he goes 5 for 5 or 100% again on his field goals and maybe makes a case for making this team, if he can make his kicks, of course. So who knows? Be a big loss if Mike Pouncey didn't play, but there hasn't been any talk about him missing it. But he was limited on Wednesday. For the Titans, their linebacker, Will Compton, did not practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. Their longtime linebacker, Derek Morgan, did not practice on Wednesday either. And Quinton Spain did not practice, their starting guard. He went out of the game on Sunday against the Ravens in the second quarter. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but he did not practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he's ready to go on Sunday. Their strong safety, Kenny Vaccaro was limited with an elbow injury. Wesley Woodyard missed the last few games with a shoulder injury. He is back limited at practice on Wednesday. It might be a little too soon for him to start Sunday, but it's still a possibility. And Benny Logan is on the injury report, but he was a full practice on Wednesday. He'll be good to go for the Titans on Sunday. So before we get into the breakdown and the game plan for the Tennessee Titans, talking about their offense and defense, Let's talk about this is a trap game because it's going around right now. And Jamie wasn't the first to say it, but he's also said it on Twitter. And the idea lines up only because the bye week's coming up. They travel to London. They're probably having some fun, probably overthinking it. They have Seattle after the bye. There might be a lot going on. And yeah, this could be a trap game. People were saying last week the Browns were a trap game. But I don't think that was the case because I thought the Browns team going into that week was a very good team. They're riding the momentum of Baker Mayfield coming off a overtime win against the Baltimore Ravens who just took the Titans to the woodshed this past weekend, and we'll talk about it. But this team's 3-3, and and they've strung together two bad losses to the Bills and to the Ravens. So they're struggling, and maybe the Chargers do look at this as a soft game. When you look at how the Tennessee Titans offense is, You might think so, and we'll talk about that too. I think every week, Charger fans are expected to be a little wary of the Chargers' opponent because they're just going to assume they're going to play down to their level, and they sometimes just lay eggs. It happens every year. We're grown accustomed to watching the Chargers do that, and anything's possible. But I don't think this is a bad team. Again, they're 3-3. and They were a playoff team. Maybe their offense isn't what it used to be. Titans are definitely looking for a win, and I don't think the Chargers are underestimating that. Their division is wide open. You know, they're a French playoff team. You're traveling to London, and all week, all you're hearing about is traveling and, you know, going across the pond. I don't think at any point they're forgetting where they're playing or who they're playing, because all this week, there's a spotlight that they're going to London to play football, which does not happen very often. You know, it's not like they're just flying to Baltimore to play the Ravens or something, you know. Same old week, another travel day. No, this is special. They had to stay in Cleveland, and then they're going to fly out. 
I mean, they can't forget about that. So I don't think they're underestimating the Titans. I don't think the Chargers are looking at this like a cakewalk. They know what the Titans can do. They know how good they've been. They know that they've put up a lot of points this year. They know that they've been good. They've had impressive wins this year. They beat the Eagles earlier this year. They might not be good the last two games, but they could wake up and they could play good this week. So I guess you could say this is a trap game. I wouldn't say that. I don't think anybody's underestimating this team. Even if they aren't playing good, I don't think anybody's just going to go in and try to coast through this game. I don't think you can. Plus, you're going to have a full stadium in London with lots of fans. You're traveling across the country to play. I don't think anybody's looking for that bye week. Now, maybe they're out in London, they're having fun and seeing Big Ben, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw that interview with Melvin Gordon and Deion Sanders. He didn't even know what Big Ben was. He goes, oh, I went to that big clock tower, The uh, I, think it's, I think it's Big Ben. How do you not know? I know they're football players, and they bang their heads for a living, and I get that, and I, you know, I'm sympathetic to that fact, but you don't know Big Ben? Man, the quarterback for the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, his nickname is based off his first name, and then that clock tower. What are you doing? How do you not know what Big Ben is? And Melvin Gordon's been to London before. How do you not know what Big Ben is? Come on. Come on. So I wouldn't say it's a trap game. I could see why people would say it is. But I do think, with the way they've won their games recently, that they're going to be prepared this week. So let's go ahead and talk about this Tennessee Titans team. And we'll start with offense. Titans offense has scored five touchdowns through six games. And according to Mike Herndon, teams have scored at least five touchdowns in a single game 21 times a season. The Chiefs and Saints have done it three times already this year. So... Not a very explosive offense. And speaking of explosive, this is a professional podcast, okay? Segways are coming. Speaking of explosive, explosive plays. Made a mention of it last week. That's pass plays that are 20-plus yards and run plays that are 15-plus yards. The Chargers led in that category last week. This week, they're still the number one team in the league in explosive plays with 45. Now, the Tennessee Titans are the second worst in that category with 15 total explosive plays, which is just one explosive play more than the 32nd team on that list, dead last, which is the Bills. Bills have 14, Titans have 15. So under center is the Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota, and he was injured to begin the year. He came back and he had a stellar performance against the Eagles at home, where he threw for 344 yards, two touchdowns, had one interception, but it kind of looked like Mariota was taking that next step in his progression, and he looked very good that week. But since then, Mariota and the Tennessee offense has completely fallen off a cliff, especially the last two weeks. Mariota has completed 21 of 41 passes in the last two weeks, 246 total yards, and no touchdown. During the last few weeks, Marcus Mariota didn't get much help. He's you know His receiving core has kind of been plagued by drops. His accuracy has fallen off, and he's playing tentatively. I can't tell you if it's because he's still working to get healthy. He played great against Philadelphia, but he just seems like he's hesitating. And it hit its apex this past weekend when the Ravens went bananas and kept sacking Mariota, which we'll talk about. He's been timid in the pocket, but when you add a lot of pressure on top of that, like on Sunday, you come out on the ugly end of a 21-0 loss at home. Where Mariota has been dangerous this year has been winning and get some yards on the ground. The Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur will have some designed QB runs in his back pocket on Sunday. 
In that impressive win over the Eagles that I mentioned a little bit earlier, LaFleur got Mariota running a lot. He picked up some extra yards on the ground. And that really kind of sparked the passing game that week. He ran it 10 times for 46 yards, got a touch that game. LaFleur is also a fan of that hurry-up offense, making teams guess, setting up that play action. So when a quarterback is a threat to rush and you run that quick hurry-up offense, it gets you thinking and you got to be on your toes. So that's something the Chargers are going to have to look for. Now this week... Much like the last past weeks, the Chargers are going to have to get that pass rush going again because this Tennessee offensive line is on a downswing. And they got to take advantage of that this week. This offensive line is kind of treading water right now. Chargers are going to have to attack. But when the Chargers do get aggressive and they do send five-plus guys to disrupt Mariota, they will have to stay disciplined and contain him in the pocket. Mariota will run. And you can't give up easy yards by over-pursuing because Mariota will hurt you. This weekend in London, I'd love to see more dime looks on Sunday again with DB Rayshon Jenkins as that QB spy like he did against Cleveland. Just let Jenkins roam around the line of scrimmage, take away the underneath stuff, attack it when Mariota tries to tuck it and run. That's what he did against the Browns. Mayfield couldn't get anything on the ground going that day, and he's a runner too. So if we see a lot more dime looks, that would be great. Having Rayshon Jenkins as that extra DB on the field would be a plus. Last Sunday, Marcus Mariota had 10 total completions, and the Ravens had 11 total sacks. The Ravens had more sacks than Mariota had completions last week. It was 11 sacks from nine different Ravens defenders. Now, majority of that came from the interior pressure. The Ravens' ends did a really nice job of rushing from wide angles, kind of forcing Mariota to play from the pocket, and a lot of interior defenders just cleaned up those sacks because Mariota would have to step up in the pocket while there was kind of these walls closing in, like we mentioned last week, and a lot of cleanup duty by the interior defenders for Baltimore. The Titans O-line was a very good unit last year, and they have one of the best tackle duos in the league. Taylor Lewan, Jack Conklin. Though some of the sacks came from the outside during Sunday's sack bonanza on Mariota, most of that came from Mariota rolling into pressure. He kind of was rolling out of the pocket and would run right into a defender. But these two tackles are very good on the outside. They won't lose one-on-one very often. Overloading one side of the line has worked at times to create pressure this year, but Luan and Conklin are very, very good tackles. Where the Titans struggle, though, is on the inside of their offensive line. Now, center Ben Jones has actually been pretty good. Uh, Struggled a few games this year. He's been a little bit up and down, but for the most part, he's been pretty steady. The guards are the real weak point of that line. Right guard Josh Klein has had troubles this year, especially as a run blocker. Left guard Quinton Spain has been up and down this year, but he went down with an injury on Sunday in the second quarter, and in came their backup interior lineman, which was their 2017 six-round pick from Chattanooga, Corey Levin. He struggled. Both those guards, well, all three of those guards, did not have a good game on Sunday against the Ravens. The Chargers are coming off a game, too, where they got a lot of good interior pressure from guys like Corey Legit, Damian Square, Isaac Rochelle, the interior pass rush will need to be there. Some stunts or delayed blitz up that A-gap, it's going to be open. Look for that on Sunday. Also, you'll probably see some DBs flying through the middle of that line as well. The game plan for the Ravens last week and then the week before with the Bills was basically just stop the run, including Marcus Mariota, and make him throw the ball. If you can do that, the Titans are done. This is a one-dimensional power running team. You take it away, they don't have much left. On yards per carry on first down, the Titans are averaging 3.4 yards, which is fifth worst in the NFL. 
Chargers are actually second best in that category on carries on first down with six yards per carry. Their starting running back, Derrick Henry, hasn't rushed for over 57 yards in a game this season. And I know a lot of you were high on Derrick Henry in fantasy football. You probably dropped him by now, and you should have. And the guys that wanted to take flyers on Dan Lewis haven't had much luck either outside of week one. So Henry, not good in fantasy, not good in real life either. Hasn't scored a touchdown rushing or receiving all season. He is a tough runner, though. And the Chargers are going to have to swarm the football just like they did Marshawn Lynch and the Raiders. This is a power runner. He's tough to bring down. If they can bring guys, swarm the football, they're going to have a good day. So on the ground, you're going to see the Titans give Derrick Henry about 10 to 15 carries on Sunday. That number was down last Sunday against the Ravens, but that's because that game just went crooked early. So they didn't give a ton of carries to Henry. But on Sunday, you can assume 10 to 15 carries. And the Chargers sold hard last Sunday against Cleveland to stop Carlos Hyde and that trio of Browns running backs. They'll have to do the same against Tennessee. Sell hard, stop the run, then you're leaving it to these wide receivers. Now the other running back, Deion Lewis, who I mentioned earlier, not good in fantasy either. And it's not because he's not good in real life. It's because, unfortunately, offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur isn't implementing Deion Lewis into the offense as much as he should. In the two games, Deion Lewis has got five-plus targets in the receiving game. The Titans have scored 20-plus points. That's the Titans' two highest-scoring outputs this season. Get the ball in Lewis's hands in space. Good things happen. They haven't been doing that much at all this season. And when they did, they put up 20-plus points each time. So the Chargers are going to have to honor Lewis' ability to catch and run. they got to limit that check down that Mariota loves to go to as well. He's a check down quarterback. Even head coach Mike Vrabel talked about he's got to let it loose sometimes. And Mariota doesn't really cock it and throw very much. He likes a check down. He likes the safe throws. Got to limit the check downs to Deion Lewis. So the wide receivers. Last week, I talked about the Browns had the highest drop rate this year. Well, guess who's number two? The Titans. The Browns have an 8.4% drop rate, and the Titans sit at 2 with 6.3%. That's the second worst in the NFL. And then you look back to Week 3, Titans cut one of their better wide receivers, Rashard Matthews. And that following week, Corey Davis blew up. He had 9 receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown to win it, again against the Eagles. But since that game against the Eagles, Titans receivers haven't had over 50 yards receiving in a game. Corey Davis is the wide receiver one. That's why they drafted him so early. And I think the Chargers should look at what the Buffalo Bills did two weeks ago and just have Casey Hayward shadow Corey Davis. Now, I've mentioned shadowing Jarvis Landry last week, shadowing Amari Cooper the week before, but hear me out. This is an echo chamber. The Bills corner Tredavious White went one-on-one with Davis most of the day. He caught four or six balls for 49 yards. Last week, Davis only caught a one pass, but Corey Davis is the Titans' best wide receiver. Leaving Hayward one-on-one with Davis is going to be another test for Davis, a guy who can't really win his matchups that often. When Tredavious White went against him, he got physical. Davis couldn't quite handle it. Sometimes when you've got wide receivers that you want to limit, you want to bracket them and have maybe a safety hang over them to make sure that he doesn't beat you deep and you kind of allocate another man towards that way to spy on him, to keep an extra body over there in that area and try to get beat another way. Well, when Tredavious White was going one-on-one and winning that matchup more times than not, that left an extra DB to blitz, to carry the underneath stuff, and to do other things. So if Casey Hayward's one-on-one with Corey Davis, and he can play him strong like White did two weeks ago, then you've got other guys. You're putting more pressure on Marcus Mariota. That's their wide receiver one. 
and you've got more people you can send at Mariota, kind of rattle him in the pocket. Hayward can get physical with Davis. He probably will, and I hope he shadows him on Sunday. So look for a lot of press man this week from Trevor Williams and Casey Hayward on the outside. The Titans also have two quick wide receivers, Tajay Sharp and Tywan Taylor. Tywan Taylor being the more dangerous of the two. I get those two aren't household names. They're not the marquee names that you're used to hearing when you hear a wide receiver two, wide receiver three group. But the Chargers cannot sleep on Sharp and Taylor, especially on the back end, because those two can burn you if you aren't careful. So watch out for Sharp, Taylor. They're going to want to stretch the field. Watch out for that back end because the Chargers are a little leaky when it comes to Julia Ladai playing free safety or whoever they run out at that point. So got to watch out for Taylor Sharp deep. And then Mariota's safety blanket, Delaney Walker, went down for the season. He had an ugly ankle fracture, which means Janu Smith is the new starting tight end. He's much more of a blocker than he is a pass catcher. Smith has three catches for 33 yards in six games this year. He is not a threat to beat you. In fact, I don't think he has more than two catches in a single game this year. He's been shut out three or four times without a catch this year. So there aren't a ton of weapons on this offense, and that's why they're ranked so low. Now on the other side of the ball, this is where the Titans are their strongest, their defense. So inside the defensive line, the Titans' best player on defense, in my mind, like overall, has been D-tackle Jarrell Casey. Casey has been fantastic this year. I loved watching his game so far, and honestly, he's one of the more underrated defensive tackles in the league. Not only is he a stout run defender, but he can rush the passer too. He's already got three sacks this season, and look out, Chargers interior offensive linemen. They have another tough matchup this week, and Casey actually leads the team in sacks with three. He's dangerous. Last week, Larry Ogunjobi was another tough task. Chargers were able to limit him and make him a non-factor, this week, you got to do the same with Jarrell Casey. He's a good one on the inside. The other big bodies in the middle, Benny Logan, Austin Johnson, the other interior Tennessee defenders, they're more run defenders, and they don't really offer much pressure from the inside. But the Titans just got gashed by Alex Collins, the Ravens running back this past week, for two touchdowns on the ground. The first touchdown went for 15 yards, and he didn't even get touched until he hit the goal line. The other TD was two yards out. He bounced it outside, went untouched again. This isn't a bad tackling team like the last two weeks for the Chargers. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, they're going to have to earn it this week. They haven't given up more than 85 yards on the ground to a single rusher this season. So Gordon Eckler, going to have to run strong, going to have to fight for some yards. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Now, the Titans' defense used to run off its pass rushers, Brian Arakbo, Derek Morgan, but they have a changing of the guard going on this year when they stole Harold Landry, the edge defender, in the second round in this past draft. Landry is their new pass rusher, and he seems to be better as the season goes along. But if you're trying to neutralize Landry, running at him like the Chargers did against the Browns will slow him down. 
They were running a lot of motion right across Miles Garrett's face. Now Harold Landry this week can get after the quarterback, but he lacks as a run defender. Probably see a lot of that too. Now Derek Morgan, Brian Arakbo still playing, but they're not on the level we've all grown to expect from those two. They're kind of hitting the latter part of their career now. But both backup edge defenders, Harold Landry and the recently acquired Kamale Correa, have added a pretty good pass rush this season. Not great, but pretty good. Not like the two Titans you remember, and pardon the pun here, the two Titans you remember Morgan and Rackbo being a year or two ago. So you step back a little bit, move on to the linebacking group, and this has got some new faces as well. The first-round pick, Rashawn Evans, which is a name most Charger fans know because this was probably going to be the guy at 17 this year in this past draft, except Derwin James fell into the Chargers' lap, and things couldn't have worked out better. But the Titans ended up picking up Evans in the first round, and he's been actually down most of this year. He struggled tackling, but he did play his best game as a pro this past Sunday against the Ravens. He had seven tackles, a tackle for a loss. He was playing more downhill. His tackling was a little bit cleaned up on Sunday, so he's coming off a pretty good game. Another linebacker that kind of impressed me was the Will Jayon Brown. Brown was our fifth-round pick in 2017, and he can cover some ground. Now, he's not Joe Schobert. That kid... I couldn't believe how good he was on tape. But Jayon Brown's pretty good. He wasn't a guy I was really familiar with going into this game, but he can make some plays. The veteran Wesley Woodyard has missed the last two games, and it looks like he's close to returning. We'll see if Sunday is too soon to see Woodyard on the field, but he's been one of the Titans' veteran linebackers. He's one of their captains of that defense. We'll see if he plays. Now, these DBs, they got some good ones. The Titans are the eighth-best defense against the pass. They've allowed 85.9 passer rating this season. According to Pro Football Focus, Phillip Rivers has a passer rating above the NFL average of 93 every single game. So something's going to have to give on Sunday. And, you know, I talked about the explosive plays earlier. Chargers have 45. They lead the league in that category. Last week, according to Marcus Mosher, the Chargers had 16 explosive plays against the Browns, which is the most explosive plays in a single game this year. That's why they're starting to run away with it, and they're still the best in the league in that category. So, a pretty good Titans defense is facing a buzzsaw this week in Phillip Rivers and that Chargers offense. And here's another layer to this. The Titans defense is tied for the sixth stingiest defense in giving up the explosive plays, only allowing 24. Chargers defense is tied for third worst. They've allowed 35 explosive plays this year. So, these DBs. The Titans' big free agent acquisition was the former Patriots corner Malcolm Butler, and he has been a bust so far in his first year in Tennessee. Mike Vrabel, the head coach, is talking about how bad his technique is right now. He's calling him out in press conference, and that's why he's continuing to struggle. Butler is biting on everything. He's playing as bad as he ever has as a corner right now. Just last week, Butler shadowed Michael Crabtree. He had six catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown, but the body language was just the worst. He was hanging his head. Crabtree was drawn with him. Butler didn't have anything to come back with. He couldn't retort because his play was awful. Crabtree just embarrassed him on Sunday. Butler's confidence looks like it's at an all-time low. Tracking all the way back to week one, it's been a slow digression every week. Week one, he guarded Kenny Stills, the Dolphins. Stills had four catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. Week two against Will Fuller, Butler gave up eight catches to 113 yards and a touchdown. Week four... To Jordan Matthews, Butler gave up 56 yards and a touchdown to Jordan Matthews. And then this past week, Michael Crabtree, 6 for 93 and a touchdown. Malcolm Butler 
is really struggling right now. But who is not struggling is their best corner this year, Adoree Jackson. He's ranked as the 15th best coverage corner in the league, and I believe it. Jackson is sticky, and while he's doing his work on one side, you got Malcolm Butler doing the exact opposite on the other side. It'll be interesting to see which Chargers wide receiver gets Adoree Jackson on Sunday, because whoever doesn't have Jackson is going to get a lot of throws going their way with Malcolm Butler on him. So on the back end, they have another young and talented free safety. It's Kevin Byard. He was a pro bowler last season. You probably know the name. While he's not off to the hot start he was last year, he can still get his hands on the football. Byard is a major factor on why this defense doesn't give up big plays on the back end. He's very talented. Of course, you have to challenge him. It's not like you can't throw at him. Chargers love the long ball. It'll come, but just be careful of Byard. He can make some plays. So the result, the Titans are ranked 30th in total offense, and they're 30th in the league in points. If the Chargers can take away Derrick Henry in the running game, this team will struggle putting up points. they got to keep Mariota from scrambling, got to lock him up in the pocket. Hopefully there's a lot of dime defense on Sunday with Rayshon Jenkins spying on Mariota. The Titans guard play is coming off an awful game, and the Chargers should be attacking those A and B gaps. Tony Jefferson, the safety for the Ravens last week, got a sack on a delayed blitz. So Derwin James and these DBs should be cut loose as well. Hopefully Casey Hayward is guarding Corey Davis. You're going to look for a lot of press man, whether it's Casey Hayward shadowing Corey Davis or Trevor Williams. You'll see him up near the line of scrimmage getting physical. Chargers back in the defense will need to watch out for the speedsters Taiwan Taylor and Tajay Sharp. And this is a pretty good pass defense with Adore Jackson and Kevin Byard. So the deep ball won't come easy, but the middle of the field will be there. Titans linebacker core is struggling. Malcolm Butler, his confidence is at an all-time low, like I said earlier. He should be tested early and often on Sunday. With Russell Okung back and healthy, this pass rush shouldn't pose too big of an issue with the way they handle Miles Garrett. But in the interior, that's where they got to anchor down and stop Jarrell Casey because he's coming after it. Harold Landry... Kamale Correa, Brian Arakbo, Derek Morgan. There's some guys who can rush the passer. So tackles can't sleep, but also Terrell Casey's going to be a handful. Well, I'm sure you guys know it by now. You're big fans of the podcast, and you're waiting for the prediction. And so far, your boy's 5-0 and on these predictions so far this season. And I'm about to go 6-0. and And the Chargers, going into the bye, are going to be 6-2. and you got it. Chargers are going to be winning this one in London against the Titans. They're on a downswing. They're struggling. I think Chargers smell blood in the water, and they attack. The final score is going to be 24-10. Chargers get the victory over the Tennessee Titans. And that'll do it, heading into the bye. 6-2, and two, losing to two very talented teams, Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams. They go on a four-game winning streak, ready for the bye week. So, that's it. Another episode of the Score More Podcast. I am Garrett Sisti. Go follow the podcast at Score More Pod. And let's just hope the Chargers score more on Sunday. Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. 
It's called Recode Decode. Every week, I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Carreyou, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.